Welcome to the AJP podcast, a podcast that discusses current events, relevant topics, and emerging issues in pharmacy. I'm your host, Carly McMore, and together with my producer, Jared McMore, and the Australian Journal of Pharmacy, we are bringing you a podcast that draws on the opinions and expertise of pharmacists from all settings and experience levels. From those pharmacists who've already been a voice in the profession, to those who've never had their voice heard before. We wanted to continue to bring you some podcasts during the coronavirus. These podcasts were pre-recorded and they're not to make light of anything that any pharmacist um, or any other healthcare professional might be experiencing during the coronavirus. I'd like to thank you for your hard work and say that you're all doing a great job and I hope that you're still enjoying the podcasts. So please listen to some pre-recorded podcasts that are new and I hope that you enjoy them. Thanks. This podcast is on assertiveness. This is where pharmacists share some skills and some tips on how they've learned to be more assertive with patients and other healthcare professionals. This is to facilitate more productive conversations to benefit the patients and lead to less frustration and less challenges as we continue to work in the best interest of our patients. Rachel Diener and Peter Crothers discuss language and tone, as well as pausing to listen and negotiating. They talk about pharmacist responsibilities, respectful communication skills and confidence. Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's windy across over to being perceived as being bossy, dominant. Uh, I'm a great believer in how we say things is, and the language that we use is paramount towards how that message is received. Um, all your non-verbal stuff, I mean, I harp on to interns and students and you know also when trying to facilitate change pharmacists are sometimes really great at saying to me oh no but I said this and or I approached the health professional that way or I tried to negotiate with a doctor around something in this way and it just didn't work so it's like I'm not going to do that anymore rather than being assertive but I don't think passive assertive is the necessarily the optimal term but I think being assertive is also about uh, making sure that you're pausing to listen to the response and being aware of negotiation skills but also being able to articulate your own legal and ethical um, constraints to another health professional and potentially to consumers as well. Oh, sorry, absolutely to consumers. I can't, but I can't do that because it's either illegal or it's not um, part of the ethos that I practice under. And being confident to say that, no, I can't do that, so how are we going to navigate this? So I think that that's having a strength in the way that you're communicating with someone and not backing down when you know that either it's your opinion or that it's you know, correct clinically or it's something that has to be investigated clinically because traditionally there's, and unfortunately there's been a few cases recently where, you know, pharmacists have backed down in the face of... um, And, you know, that's really difficult, I think, that people feel as well that if they're challenged on their opinion that they need to make a decision right there and then 
you know, trying to keep in mind time frames of things. You don't have to make the call like it's the oral exam and, you know, you've only got the 20 minutes and, and then it has to be dealt with them. You know, does this person need this supply of this medication today, right now? Does this decision have to be made between this practitioner and this practitioner right now? I have an opinion, they have an opinion. Sometimes people can be a bit argy-barge but being really aware of I'm not comfortable at the moment to let's say it's a dispensing to dispense this medication but I'm hearing what you're saying I really need to find out more information and seek some more professional advice around this so the pause rather than the yes and no I think is something that people need to be a little bit more confident about with their you know being assertive but it doesn't have to be decided right here and that comes down to I think as well people's differing personality types around being able to make a decision straight away or needing to just sit back and have a little bit of a think about things. So I think that they're really important skills that pharmacists need to develop more and you were saying before around, you know, being more like doctors. Well, it's like doctors and nurses are trained with the need to be able to make decisions, whereas... I think traditionally pharmacy has been somewhat, well, more passive, submissive in the relationship rather than backing your decisions and not needing to receive any, you know, aggression but knowing your rights, knowing, you know, back, backing it up. Yeah, I, I, I struggle a little bit with the term, you know, because I, I think I know what it means. <coughs> and... Um, but I think there are there are other words that are that are just as helpful, if not more helpful. But responsibility is a big thing. I, th- I think it's vital as, as as professionals to to understand your responsibility and to understand the limits of it. <coughs> you need to need to understand what you're responsible for, and you must take responsibility for the for for, for the things that are truly are your responsibility. But you, but you must not ever take responsibility for things that aren't your responsibility. So you, um, <clears throat> so you need to actually understand your, your responsibility. My, my son had a T-shirt. He's worn it so much it's fallen apart, but I'm going to get one made for me. And it, it, it was just a T-shirt that had written on it. <clears throat> I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm saying I'm blaming you. And, and I just thought it was brilliant, you know, because it says everything that you need to understand about responsibility. You know, if something goes wrong, um, it might not your, be your fault, but it may be your responsibility. Um, you know, it's why we take so much care in training our staff and things. But, but when it comes to the communication piece, I think pharmacists are historically used to having our responsibility a bit curtailed, and that's changing. <clears throat> and, and I think... But I think when it comes to the skills... We would benefit a great deal from regarding it as absolutely normal, you know, to continue your training in uh, as soon as you hit your foundation years, you know, and acquire some of those skills that we're talking about. Because, you know, if you do mental health first aid training, for example, it teaches you quite a lot um, <coughs> about respectful communication and... Um, <coughs> um, and Probably not a lot about assertiveness, but it certainly t- teaches you, you know, about about respect, 
whatever, and it gives you confidence, you know. And when you, if you learn, I'm not a diabetes educator, but if you learn to be a diabetes educator, you know, you pick up a lot of those sort of education skills as well. And 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 the same with all of these other things. You know, if you've been doing opioid substitution, you know, pharmacotherapy, whatever we're calling it this week, my Todd, um, <laughs> um, you know, for a while, you you know, you you pick up some communication smarts in doing that. I I think the the key things are knowing your responsibility, being confident. People expect professionals to be confident. Um, and being respectful. You know, if you get a group of people who are talking about, you know, doctors and whatever, you know, and they're, and, and they're saying, you know, this person's, or, or any sort of clinician, you know, this person's a, fa- a fantastic clinician, it's hardly ever because they're assertive. It's because they're respectful and, 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 and confident and, you know, able to impart knowledge in a, in a, in a, in a useful way. And, and being able to listen, you know, be, you know, they're, they're always great listeners, um, and you know, they're the things that we need to to sort of concentrate on. You know, again, I, th- you know, again, I think, you know, assertiveness is great, but you know, I wouldn't give it a capital A. <laughs> um, it, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those sort of qualities. Um, Total, totally, the words. Um, well, the concepts of being respectful and also being a good listener, mm. uh, which is linked a lot, I think, with not being defensive, isn't it? Mm. It's uh, being open to everyone's opinion and then formulating a final opinion mm. based on, as you, again, keeps coming back to that, respectfully listening to other people's um, opinion. Yeah. Graeme Smith relates assertiveness back to clinical appropriateness. Communicating important information requires confidence. I've, I'm not sure that I've ever quite thought of it in terms of assertiveness. It's, I've thought of it more in terms of clinically appropriate interventions. And when you, when you, as a pharmacist, that you're convinced that an intervention is clinically appropriate, you actually have to be assertive. You, you, I mean, you've got to state your case strongly, and you have to you have to show that you're confident in your clinical knowledge as to why you why you're making the intervention. So yes, there are times when pharmacists need to be assertive. I think things are changing. I I, I think the the younger um, doctors that we're interacting with now are far more accepting of the opinions of pharmacists than, than old school GPs were, and I think that's because the the Collaboration is encouraged now in training where it didn't used to be. Um, it also depends. Uh, it depends a lot too on your uh, personal relationships. You know, it, it's far easier when you're practicing pharmacy in a small town or a, or a district of a city, and you're dealing largely with a small number of prescribers that you get to know, and you build up trust and confidence in each other over a period of time. I think it would be a lot more difficult in a, in a large urban area where you may be receiving prescriptions from 20, 30, 40 different, different prescribers. It's hard to build that trust and confidence. But, but to come back to your first point, yes, you do have to be assertive. Whether assertive is the right word, you certainly have to be confident in your judgment and confident in the case that you're making. 
Amen and Leela Javanad note that it is more than being right and that delivery of the interaction influences how effective your communication will be. When to be assertive. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you know you're right. <laughs> Basically. But I think it just depends on how you handle the language, really. Um, but also know when to sort of pick your battles with people. Um, depends on the person, doesn't it? It really does. Depends on if I've had enough coffee that day. <laughs> depends on if I've managed to have time to eat. <laughs> um, yeah, look, yeah. Some, some people more actually respond to it better than others. Some people actually under respond if you're assertive to them. Yeah, you just got to play it person yeah, by gotta, person. Yeah, doctor by doctor, patient by patient, patient by patient. Yeah, I guess you can sort of just. Um, I guess like if like in intera- if you're interacting, I guess with a with a doctor and they're sort of not taking your professional judgment into account. Um, generally I will be also, I guess, maybe try to communicate that correctly to the doctor, but also to the patient and sort of express to the patient, look, if there's an issue here and your doctor's not quite wanting to hear why I may have an issue with this one, um, I'll sort of leave it sort of within the patient's hands as well to have a bit of an input. Um, I guess explaining why you're saying what you're saying and yeah, I guess just trying to get that across really. Yeah, telling them, yeah, give, giving them context as to why you're doing yeah. what you're doing. Um, and, and that's pretty helpful because if the... Uh, uh, we've found that a bit as well. If you, if you actually explain to the patient why you're calling... Yeah. They, they actually quite appreciate it. They do quite like it. And um, uh, if you... Same, same as with the doctor as well, explain why you're doing it. I guess... We haven't had too many... Doctors that have been not really recalcitrant. Look, but the the bigger issue is that um, not not the bigger issue. I guess the thing to sort of point out is that if you have a good relationship with the doctors and the patients in your community, you should be able to kind of understand sort of how to speak to everyone in a way. It takes time, like it does for everyone. Like it's a skill we don't learn in, in pharmacy yeah, school. Yeah, like yeah, actually. If you're, going, if you're going back to the sort of like the question, it's like what's the like best advice you've sort of been given? One of them I will actually say is that you will learn more on the job than you did in uni. Like uni only sort of prepares you with your... Honestly, like it's university, I don't think it really prepares you for the real world in a lot of ways, even though the ads might say they do. But um, like it's a, it's a big thing. Like you have to learn how to communicate effectively once you're actually communicating with people and you have to learn through experience. Like it's not something you just sort of study on and you wrote learn and you dump out on a piece of paper like in a 40-minute exam or whatever. Like, um, yeah, it's all stuff you sort of just have to learn while you're doing it. Um, and there's no replacement for real-life experience. Yeah. I have tried to push, like, especially with if... Like, my role, I guess, sort of, like, as a co-owner is that if staff are having issues with their own assertiveness, I try to actually go through a lot of scenarios with them or I try to encourage them to sort of have a bit more confidence when they're dealing with people because I think that's a big issue because, like, you sort of... I guess if you know something... If you know you're right about something but you haven't got the message across and you sort of just kind of go okay, no, well, I'm afraid to say anything, you're not going to be a very good practitioner. Like, you need to be able to actually, you know, do your job correctly. Communications become such a big part of yeah. the job now. Um, 
where it wasn't before. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have an issue with being assertive. No, not at all. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. Liam Murphy talks about the clash that occurs when patient literacy and the need to be assertive pharmacist come together. Uh, so assertiveness, as you said, there's various varying applications. It relates to other health professionals, but it also relates to being assertive with patients um, and, and dealing with customers in the pharmacy that will tell you one thing that their mum had told them or their next door neighbour had told them and that carries a lot more weight than um, you know anything that anyone else would have told them or something that they've read on the internet. So um, one thing that I quite often say to people when I'm questioning them and like I, I like to be thorough with my questioning um, following something like the what, stop, go model but sort of adapting it to my own practice and you know my understanding of the situation and and what questions I feel relevant need to be asked um one of the things that I am often saying to people is that I am work as locum pharmacist I work all over Australia uh and I'm sure that they're an intelligent human being but my experience is that the average health literacy of people around Australia is not really all that great so for my peace of mind I just always ask the questions they could be lying through their teeth to me um they could be on any other number of medications um one thing just a little tidbit that I often include in my counseling is you know the question are you taking any other medications is often will often be met with oh no I'm not taking any other medications um but then if you say are you taking anything for this specific condition so far be it a cold and flu a cough or pain then they would generally elaborate a little bit more uh which comes down to the questioning but also if people don't give you the information you can only work off the information that you're given be it true false or hidden um it may seem like a lazy or imperfect approach but as far as my uh in my practice um as you said you've you, as pharmacists, we're dealing quite often with the knowns, the diagnosis and the treatment and the facts, um, whereas doctors are dealing a lot more with the unknowns and, and coming up with things. Provided something like the methotrexate example would would probably raise some more alarm bells with me, um, but the amount of evidence and literature and different things that's coming out, it's impossible to be over the top of everything and know every kind of thing that a doctor may be doing. But um, I am usually as a health professional, if as long as I'm not going to be liable for the clinical decision and a doctor, I've spoken to a doctor, um, an example may be someone taking hypertensive medications, requesting cold and flu tablets containing pseudoephedrine. Um, I don't want to be the one that's making that call and saying, yes, it's a good idea for you to be having this because it's going to be the most effective product. But if there is a doctor that, or their GP is happy, um, the GP may have a better understanding of their, um, you know, the specifics of their condition, 
um, whether or not it's just precautionary dosing, any other variables like that. If the GP is then happy to sort of um, take the burden of that decision, uh, I will usually, in most cases, um, play along with it. An interesting example I had was um, people coming in for antifungal creams for six-year-olds, which have got thrush. Um, and mums having just said to dads, you need to go get this cream because this is what she needs because this looks like this is what I think it is and basing it off their own experience. Um, guidelines may have changed slightly, but my best understanding is 16 to 60 outside of those um, age ranges. It's a means for, a means for referral for, um, for thrush. Um, and, you know, in those cases, it was in this specific instance, when the first time that it happened, it happened a few times over a period of weeks was um, it's a little bit challenging because you're either going to sell something to someone or you're going to send them to the doctor and there isn't the benefit of having a bulk billing practice anywhere nearby. The closest bulk billing practice would be, you know, a two-hour driveway for those people. So for them to see a doctor conveniently, it's going to cost them about $70. But um, when they go and actually get it checked out by a doctor, they're, they're treating a UTI, not thrush. And it, had I given the cream, I would have delayed treatment and caused complications. Um, so using past experience to then validate why you're doing what you do. So based off that experience, I am now in a position where I feel like I can be more assertive because this is what has happened and this was my experience in the past. They may be on point with their diagnosis and their recommendation, but I can't take it from them as a non-medically trained individual that they are in, you know, going to have full autonomy over their condition and that I am going to be the um, vehicle for them simply taking whatever they need to be taking. So, um, and it also goes both ways because, you know, some of the, some of the, uh, the prescribing, um, oh, some of the, with S3s, um, you know, some of the indications are quite pigeonholed. Um, Clorsig ointment, for example, only used for bacterial conjunctivitis. Um, it kind of gets... I would like to uphold the standards and do my very best to uphold the standards, but it can get tricky when, you know, their regular pharmacist will give it to them for their cut on their leg or, you know, oh, the other pharmacist does that. And then trying to be assertive in those situations when you're being undermined by fellow professionals um, can be, you know, a little bit tricky. Carolyn Huxhagen talks about the differences between pharmacists and GP training and how this has traditionally affected communication. Right. Um, assertiveness is, is a tough one because pharmacists, in my opinion, don't tend to be assertive. They, um, um, it's not bred into them at university. It is bred into doctors as they go through, um, but it's certainly not something that you're really taught. You're taught how to communicate, but you're not taught how to really get your message over. And one of the worst comments that I hear often and too often is I'm just a pharmacist um yeah so and that's a terrible phrase um because you know you're actually a health professional and 
pharmacy is your profession. So being assertive with a GP, um, I think, comes with ex- with experience and um, you need to learn how to to be to bring the conversation to where you want it to be and I don't always win um yeah and I've been practicing I've been qualified since 1981 so I'm a little bit older than most um so I um sometimes have a dialogue with a GP and I can't break through the you know the with the reasoning that I think should be thought about but then if I put my other hat on of working as a consultant and knowing that that GP is probably backlogged to the nth degree, hasn't been to the toilet for hours, hasn't had anything to eat, his sugar levels is probably at his boots and he's got six messages waiting on his phone and I'm just the last straw in the camel. He, um, So I think you have to also think about what's the best way to have this conversation and you know and deal with it properly and just ringing up cold call you know the practice nurse interrupts to say you know the pharmacist wants to discuss the fact that you've written the bisopolal script the wrong way around that's just asking for trouble and you're asking for a no and a and disrespect so I think it is about respect respectful where they would be in their their day cycle um pick your fight and if it's something important and you really got to get your message across make sure that you know they're not make sure that they're ready to listen to what you got to say so you have to work out with whoever answers the phone first you know do they have a patient in front of them are they, you know, backlog and running 52 minutes late and it's streaming across the little TV in the GP surgery to say Dr X is running three hours late and you're the next problem that's going to make him later. Um, you just have to use a bit of thought process. And if it is important, you know, write it down and get fax it over because, you know, GPs love faxes. Um so that it's in front of him and ask that he reads the facts and rings you back after that finish with that patient. Pick the, think about the, the, the thing. And being assertive, we have a right to, to care that this problem is, is serious. Um, but often I work with pharmacists who ring for things that are way not serious and just drive the GP to complete distraction and trying to teach pharmacists to not be so um, picky. I'm trying to think of a good word here. Um, Pedantic, that's the word, pedantic. Um, Yeah, because really, the fact that their squiggle may not be completely correct, really, um, but, you know, PDL is PDL. So, um, yeah, I think it's something you learn to do better as you get older. But, man, you've just got to think about what's, what's in front of that doctor when you're trying to give your conversation because, yeah, you may not like the rebuttal. 
We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the AJP podcast. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions about this episode, please visit the AJP forum at ajp.com.au and join the conversation. If you have any suggestions for future topics or would like to participate in the podcast, please send an email to ajppodcast at appco.com.au or follow us on Twitter at AJP Podcast.